series called Can I Change? And what we're talking about is this idea that you will meet a future you, uh, whether you like it or not, in the next two years, five years. And we all have this idea of who we want to be and what we want to look like. And maybe it's changing our health. Maybe it's our finances. Maybe it's uh, a relationship. Maybe we're single and we want to be married in five years. Maybe we're married and we want to be single. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't, don't do that. But, but uh, right? And so we, we have all these ideas about who, who we want to become. Maybe it's learning a skill. I talked about last week. I, I'm, I'm back on my Spanish again. Uh, and so uh, I'm super excited about that. I, in five years, I want to be fluent at speaking uh, Spanish. And so uh, th that's just these things. But when it comes to our soul, we're going to meet ourselves in five years as well. And we're either going to be closer to Jesus, the same, or farther away from Jesus. And so we're going to be talking about those things this morning. This morning, I want to talk about the idea of little changes over time. I'm going to be referencing a book uh, called Atomic Habits. I'll show you a picture of it in a second. But little, little changes that, that, that last a long time. So I'll tell you this story. I've touched on it before, but I've never told the whole story. So uh, I, I, it's been long enough now. I'm, I'm still embarrassed about it, but I'm going to tell you this story anyway. You ready? Okay. So as you, most of you know, I was in business before I became a pastor. And so I was in import-export, not drugs, for 16 years. <laughs> And, um, and, uh, and I loved it. I loved it. But God had a very specific call to come to Garden Grove, this church, and uh, pastor this church. And so I quit my job, took a pay cut, um, and became the pastor. And so uh, we, had, we had just finished an addition on our house in Lakewood. And I told the church, I'm not moving to Garden Grove. I, I, we, we, we designed this addition for oh, like well over a year. We, 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 everything was perfect. I was going to retire in that house. Well, so God had another plan. So uh, I'm here for about two months, and God tells me very clearly, move. you got to move to Garden Grove. So we put our house on the market. I sold, sold my house. It was 2008, and... Um, I took all the equity in the house and I put it into an account because I, I couldn't afford a house in Orange County. Like just to go from L.A. County to Orange County was $75,000 for not even as good a house, right? Just because, I don't know, the you know, housewives of Orange County live here. I don't know why. I mean, it was just like there's really no reasons, right? So, uh, so we, we, we rent a house in Garden Grove and I have this equity sitting in an account, but I can't buy a house. So I decided, look, if you're going to be a pastor and you're going to take a pay cut and you, you, you're going to need a car at some point, because all my cars were company cars. Like I never, I never bought a car before. I just, my company just gave me cars. I, I know. Pretty nice, huh? Yeah. What's going on, Living Spring? No, I'm just playing. <laughs> okay. So, right. So I'm just playing. I'm, I'm totally just playing. So, um, so, uh, I'd been watching Apple stock for a very long time, and uh, I knew when it goes up and when it goes down, and you can kind of track it. So I decided to take all of the equity in my house and put it into Apple stock for two weeks because they were going to make an announcement. It would go up 5%. I could sell it, 
buy a car, my car is done, or sell it, and then I'd have the money to bu actually buy a house in Orange County. So his, uh, we had just started ministry. I have all this equity in this house. We sold at the peak of the market, like, like 2008, right before the crash, right? So we sold. So we're all excited. I thought I was a genius. So we, I put it all into Apple stock, and I put in what you call a stop loss. And a stop loss is when things start tanking, it'll trigger the sale so that you stop losing money. And I was at a pastor's convention uh, with Lisa. We went, and I'm all excited to learn how to be a pastor. And uh, I have my stop loss, and I'm checking my phone. And Apple stock is not going up. It's going down. I lost $5,000. Then I lost $10,000. Then I lost $15,000. And I'm just watching going, what did I put my stop loss at? Okay, so just to get this off my chest. I lost $40,000 of my house's equity, right? So for, needless to say, I don't invest any of my own money now. I don't touch my own mind. Somebody does all, all of that. Now, the good news was, there's two, two th some good news and some bad news. The bad news, not only losing the 40000 but this week, just for fun, I did, a, I did a little calculation. If instead of losing the 40000 I kept the 40000 in Apple stock, it would be worth $9.2 million right now. <laughs> So not only did I lose 40, I lost out on 9.2 million. So there we go. Now you're done, you're done past. But, but, but here, here's the point. You say, John, why are you telling us this? Like, truly to get it off my chest. But, uh, but this is what we do all the time. We want big change fast. I wanted to make some money for a car, so I took this nest egg now, oh, the other good news was that the market did tank. And so I made all that money back when, when uh, during the housing crisis, I was actually able to buy a house. So we were pretty happy about that. But we do this all the time. We think we're going to make these big changes and, 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 and change our life. And maybe it's financial for you. Maybe it's relational for you. If I just get married, that will solve everything. If we just have kids, if we just have a kid, that, then our life will be complete. Maybe it's buy a house. Maybe it's whatever. But what I've found in my life and in my spiritual life specifically, my best change happens in small amounts over time. If I had forgot, you know, forget about uh, taking my equity and losing $40,000, uh, if I had just invested $200 a month, right, over time, the S&P uh, 500, you know, averages out about 10%, you know, I, you, I would have been fine. I would have been fine. But I tried to do too much too soon. I just tried to Get it all at once. So we're going to be, I, I have three books. Uh, they're not Christian books, but uh, one book that has changed my life uh, that I think about as I come to scripture is this book, Atomic Habits. It's a New York Times bestseller. Um, but three of them are pretty good. The Power of Habit, Atomic Habits, and The One Thing. So if you just want to read a book. But out of Atomic Habits is this quote, which I liked. You do not rise to the level of your goals. You fall to the level of your systems. In other words, if you tell me your routine, your weekly routine, 
when you go to bed, when you wake up, how much time you watch on social media, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff, I can pretty much determine what you're going to look like in five years. And I think you can too. And so what I want to talk about this morning is an example in the Bible of uh, a guy who has these little habits and how it affected him. And then we're going to jump from that. That's in Daniel. And then we're going to jump to a book uh, called Philippians, which was um, uh, Paul's letter to the Philippians. Seriously? The Raider patch is back? Come on, you guys. That's, geez. Gosh, a bunch of criminals. Okay. I get uh, this idea of us in five years kind of comes from Luke 2, 52, where it says, and Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. I always find this verse very fascinating to me because you're talking about the son of God, but still changing and growing. And he grows in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And like I said before, no matter what you do, there'll be a future you. For this morning, I want to go with this idea. Discipline is choosing between what we want now and what we want most. When I made that $40,000 mistake, what I wanted most was financial security. What I wanted now was a car. And it cost me my financial security. And so what you might want now is a dating relationship, but what you, what you want most is a really healthy relationship that lasts your entire life. And so there's always this tension that we manage together. And so I want to look at somebody in the Bible who did this very well. Um, uh, his name's Daniel. And to just give you some historical context, we, we touched a little bit on this history when we talked about Ezekiel. They were, uh, they were um, colleagues. They had been taken from Israel to Babylon. Babylon didn't kill everybody in Israel. Babylon, uh, the Babylonians took their best people and brought them into Babylon to make them good Babylonians, to kind of help the culture and help the economy. And they wanted smart people in their society. And so uh, Daniel's in there. He's uh, making some hard decisions on his diet, on all these different things. And uh, uh, the king has a dream, a really trippy dream. And he tells uh, all his people, hey, I need you to interpret this dream. And they said, well, tell us the dream and we'll interpret it for you. And he goes, no, no, no. You tell me the dream I had and interpret it. And they're like, that's impossible. And Daniel's like, no, it ain't. <laughs> I could do that. God gave, God gave me not only the dream, but the interpretation of the dream. So Daniel shows up to the king, tells him his dream, and tells him what the interpretation of the dream is. Well, Daniel starts to rise up in prominence. And so Daniel gets done with this king, this Babylonian king, and that night he dies, not Daniel, the king, and Darius, uh, a Mede, like so there's the Medes and the Persians, he's a Mede, and he becomes king. And what he does is he gets 120 leaders to kind of rule, and then he has like three directors, and Daniel is one of those directors. And the Bible says Daniel did so well that the king was thinking about giving him the entire the entire kingdom. Okay, so we're in Daniel chapter 6, uh, verse 3. Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Now we're going to switch, you know, we're going to kind of not go through verse by verse. We're going to get over a couple verses. 
And now we're in verse 5. Finally, the men said, we will never find any basis. So they get jealous for Daniel. And they're like, look, if Daniel gets, if he got a Jew running the Babylonians, what, what's going on? And they're jealous of Daniel, and they're trying to find out a way to, to find anything wrong they can with him, but they can't find anything. The dude works hard. He's efficient. There's like no, uh, he doesn't have any skeletons in his closet. He said, we'll never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Daniel had his atomic habits all in order. We're going to see one of them uh, in just a little bit. Now, uh, I don't want to read too much into the Bible, but when you read the book of Daniel, you can see his, he had his diet in order. And I'm not saying go on the Daniel diet or anything like that. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying I could see his habits and I can tell you what kind of person Daniel will be. So we can't find anything that has to do um, with their God. So what they do, they go to the king, Darius, and they said, hey, Darius, we got, we got an idea. Instead of people praying and worshiping other gods and stuff, how about for 30 days, all they do is pray to you and worship you? And Darius goes, that sounds like a fantastic idea, right? And so they said to him, and they're, they're totally playing on, on this dude's culture. They said, uh, well, put it in writing like the Medes. Remember, he was Mede, uh, like the Medes and the Persians do. So that way, no one can go against it. And he's like, oh, that's a great idea. Thank you so much for the idea. And so he puts it into writing. No one can pray. Well, watch what happens. Verse 10. Now, when Daniel learned about this stupid decree, I inserted that, by the way had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God. This dude has these micro habits. And not, not to get, one of the things about the book, Atomic Habits, and I, we're getting back to the Bible, is this idea called habit stacking. It's, it's really awesome. Habit stacking is just adding a new habit to a habit you already have. So like, let's say you every night before you go to bed, you brush your teeth. You would add the habit of putting your gym clothes out on your bed. So you're just stacking what you normally do onto uh, uh, other, other habits, right? This is what I think Daniel did. I think Daniel ate breakfast and prayed. He had lunch and he prayed. He had dinner and he prayed. Now you say, well, it doesn't really say that, John, but the coincidence of three times a day, I mean, what do we have three times a day? Three, three meals, right? But the verse doesn't end this way. Here's how the verse ends. And giving thanks to his God just as he had done before, over and over and over, small habits. You say, John, well, how long did he pray? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe two minutes. But this was his habit. And these are how these small beginnings in our lives change. We're, we're going to go, this is starting habits uh, this week. Next week, we're going to talk about breaking bad habits. Um, and so, uh, but this is Daniel's pattern. 
This is like ingrained in his life. It's so ingrained in his life that even when they make a decree that you can't do something, then you do it. So I'll give you a little example. So when COVID hit, you guys remember COVID? It was this, okay. Um, when COVID hit and they shut everything down, um, our gym, like, like, we still went to the gym, okay? I'm just telling you right now. Because even the decree not to go to the gym, it's like going to the gym is so ingrained in Lisa and my patterns that it's like, well, we're going to have to figure something out. Now, it was all safe, and we had masks and gloves. I mean, it was all, all that stuff. But it didn't, it didn't really matter. And I'm sure you have things in your, in your life. It doesn't matter what's going on. If, I, I was joking about brushing your teeth, but in the morning before you go to work, even if you're running late, you're going to do that, right? So this is about stacking another habit. Now, what if, what if every morning or every evening, you just set some time aside to be with your Heavenly Father? You just set some time to pray. You say, John, I'm, I'm terrible at praying. What do I even say? You could just be grateful. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you that I, I can walk around. God, help me not hate my boss. Amen. You know, something like that. Every single day until this becomes a pattern. If, you, if you're married, uh, you might want to talk about praying with your spouse. It's super, I'm telling you right now, it's super awkward to pray with your spouse. Maybe I'm just talking as a dude. But once you get used to it and once you get through the thing, so, so, so this is what it would look like. If that's something that you have, if something you want most is a, a relationship with your spouse that's based on a, a relationship with Jesus, you just start and you say, you hold their hand and you say, you just, you each say what's some, one thing you're grateful for. Lord, thank you that we have a roof over our heads. God, thank you that we have food in the fridge. Done. Go your separate ways. And what you'll notice is that then it'll be two things and then it'll be three things and then it'll be four things. So I do just what they had done before. Now these guys get together and they, they, they go up. It says, these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. What a bunch of losers. So they, they turn him in. And Darius, who is a horrible leader, is like, oh, that's right. Daniel always prays. And I just signed a thing that said you can't pray. Now, I don't know how Darius didn't come, to, this didn't come to his mind. Because we're going to see in the text later when Darius talks to Daniel and he says, he talks about Daniel's God, he adds this little phrase, whom you serve continuously. See, Daniel's patterns were daily, daily in, 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 uh, uh, it, with his diet, daily with his prayer life, daily seeking God, daily most likely having, uh, being in his uh, in the Torah, you know, just daily doing this. So, uh, so they ha he has to go into the lion's den. So I don't know if you remember this story. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him in the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. Daniel's habits did not save him from the lion's den. They saved him in the lion's den. See, the tiny habits that we start in our lives, that we get used to over and over and over again, being in his word. Maybe you have a habit of, um, 
uh, of reaching out to people who are, that need encouragement. And that's just what you do every day. You're either sending a text or you're doing something. And, and I, I, hopefully everybody got a little card because you're going to fill that out. You're going to pick an atomic habit. You're going to pick a little habit and you're going to give it a time frame and you're going to keep going. And once you get that habit down, so the reason I talk about this with Daniel is that because of my quiet time every morning, because I'm with God every single morning, I can kind of handle more that come up because I'm, I know my heavenly father knows about it. And that's how Daniel was. He's like, well, I get, you know, I'm not going to stop praying. So God must want me in the lion's den. So he goes in there, your God whom you consider, uh, and, and, and um, he'll, re he'll rescue you. Jesus said it this way. Whoever can be trusted with very little, right, can also be trusted with much. This is Daniel. All he's entrusted with is just have your, three, your prayer time three times a, a day. Just do that. Now, now can you handle the lion's den, right? Whoever is dishonest with very little, in other words, wasting our time, wasting our talents, wasting our, our treasure, right, will also be dishonest with much and might just put a whole bunch of money in Apple and lose it, all right? So here's what happens. So um, the king shows up the next morning, and he's super freaked out, like he couldn't sleep all night. The, uh, the text says he couldn't eat, right? And he comes jamming to the lion's den, and he yells out, Daniel, Daniel, you good in there? Right? And here's what Daniel says. Now listen, now I know I'm reading too much into the Bible, but I'm going to read this like I would say it as a dude who was thrown into the lion's den, that unfairly, right? I'd have a bit of an attitude, okay? And so Daniel answered, may the king live forever. Now, I would have said it like this. May the king live forever, right? I had to say it, but I didn't want to say it, right? He says, my God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. Dude, would that be the coolest thing? You're in there with all these lions, and there's an angel just standing there, and it's like the lions can't do anything. You know what? This is what I would do. I would go to the angel. First, I'd be scared of the angel, but then I'd, I'd warm up to him, and I'd go, can I pet him? Like, like I'd ask, like, could I just pet? Like, could you imagine if you knew you weren't going to get eaten? You could just, like, lie on a lion. That would be so cool. Anyway, I digress. My God said his angel, they have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. In other words, what does he care about? He only cares what God thinks about how he spends his time and what he does. And then he says this, nor have I ever done wrong before you, your majesty. Right? That's how I would have said it, right? So, so what, what is that? Where do we start with that? Like, like we're, we're not going to get into a lion's den, right? We're not going to get... You know, Gavin Newsom isn't going to, you know, put you in a fiery furnace. I mean, maybe he is. I don't know. But anyway, uh, right? Like, that, like that's not really going to happen to us. But what about handling the situation at work? What about handling the situation in your family that just popped up and you, you had no control over it whatsoever? I want to switch to Philippians uh, just very quickly to give you the mindset of, of what I want you to do when you look at those cards. When we fill out these cards, we've got three little sections, right? The declaration, I will. So, so if I filled this out, I, I could say, I will pray 
and then the identif uh, identification to do. What am I going to do? I'm going to pray 10 minutes every day for the month of October, whatever, right? I'm going to read a chapter a day for a month. I'm going to serve in children's ministry once a month. I'm going to serve in children's ministry. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Right? right? So you, you, have these, you have these three things. Because what I believe is these things start stacking up really, really fast. And you begin to watch your life change. Here's how Philippians says it. But whatever were gains to me, those things that I used to be involved with, getting upset via social media, getting watching the news and getting upset at the different political parties that I can't do anything about anyway, getting uh, upset at injustice that has no, it's not in any of my neighborhoods or anything like that, right? But those things, uh, I consider them lost now. Like there's, there's, an, there's something else taking its place. What is more? I consider everything lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. This is what happens any relationship you get into that is awesome. You just aren't interested in anybody else, right? If you get married to the right person and you guys are just like, it's like, well, you're just, you're stoked, you know? If you have a, a friend and you, you guys are going around and uh, you just got a good friend, it, it's like cool. It's like a this is what Paul's saying. I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, he says, that I may gain Christ. So going back to your card, what one little habit can you start, or if you have a habit, can you add this one to it or maybe add some more time to it? One of the things that uh, I'm, I'm going to be doing this week with this, I'm not grateful. Like, I don't, I don't express my gratitude to the Lord much. Like, I have so much to be grateful for, but I never verbalize it, right? You guys are like, I'm going to a different church. Okay, well, you probably invest better than I do too. So, uh, right? So I'm going to, so mine's, mine, I will be grateful at the end of my quiet time in the morning, because I have that in the morning, um, uh, till the end of the year. I want to go till the end of the year. And just, I will end my time with the Lord by, by being grateful for one thing at first, and then maybe, so, so maybe that's it. You know why? Because I want to gain Christ. This is just a small thing. You think, John, shouldn't you read the entire Bible in a year? I would rather somebody read the Bible every day then read the entire Bible in a, in, in a few months. Like, like it's a better habit to have, that I may gain Christ. I, and he says, I want to know Christ. That's it. Like, what's, what habit do I need in order to know Christ? He goes on in verse 11. Yes, to know the power of his resurrections. And watch this, the fellowship of his sufferings. There'll be some lion's den times. There'll be some issues with your boss, your neighbor, your marriage, your friendships, all these different things, things that were disappointments, right? He says, that's okay. I just want, if I, if I have Jesus, if I know what I'm, I'm going through it with him, I'm good. Becoming like him in his death. 
And he says, not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal. In other words, it's, he's not there yet, but he's enjoying the process of getting to know Jesus more. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself of, of, taken, of having taken hold of it. But one thing I do, and here's his one card. <laughs> right? This would be Paul's card. I will forget what has happened in the past, and I'm going to reach forward to what lies ahead every single day. Here's what he says. Well, one thing I do, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. As the worship band comes back up, there's a whole bunch of things that you can put in there. Just some ideas that I had was um, uh, in order to kind of keep my focus off of myself, Every day, reach out to somebody, maybe text, email, their DMs, whatever. Tell them you love them. Tell them you're proud of them. Tell them, you know, how are you doing? I'm just checking in. That would be uh, one thing that you could do uh, on, on your card. One thing could be to pray for somebody, um, uh, somebody who maybe doesn't know Jesus, and you go, you know what? I'm going to pray for their salvation every single day until when, you know, whenever it is. You could do that. It could be about reading the word. And maybe, maybe you say, hey, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to download an app. Uh, YouVersion is a great app to have on your phone. And, uh, and follow a Bible reading program. And they have all sorts of different kinds. You can have one that takes you five minutes a day, one that takes you 15 minutes a day. There's just, they're just tons of them. All these different things. One, you could forgive you know, there might be someone in your life that messed up your childhood, messed up your family of origin or whatever, and it's just hard to forgive. And you say, you know what, I'm going to forgive them every day. I'm going to verbally uh, say to the Lord, Lord, I forgive them for what they did. I do not, they owe me nothing. And you do that every day. I don't know. But what we're going to do is, uh, as Peter plays a, a final song, um, uh, this gives you an opportunity to listen to the Holy Spirit. What would the Lord be asking you to do? And you say, well, I'm going to give up sweets. Right? That's next week, okay? This one is positive habits. Next week, we're going to talk about breaking uh, bad, bad habits, right? What, what would he have you do? What would he have you do? Maybe it's serving your spouse or significant other, right? And you say, you know what? Bump it. I'm doing the dishes every night for the next month, right? I don't know. But whatever. Just to see what the Lord would Put on your heart. Let me let me pray for us, and you can fill out your cards. Some people will come to the altar here, and they'll just kneel, and that's just a way. I, I do that after I preach. I just like to reset uh, before I start my week uh, tomorrow. Um, but you can come uh, with those cards, and maybe you want to take that card and put it on your fridge. Maybe you don't want anyone to see the card, <laughs> right? So you just fold it up, put it in your pocket. That's fine. If you need prayer for anything specifically and you'd like to have someone actually pray for you, we have uh, people there by the cross to do that as well. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you that you, uh, you modeled growing in wisdom and stature of favor with your Father and man. And so, Lord, we want to be those people that... Uh, after five years of a daily quiet time, after five years of 
praying every morning. After five years of gratitude, we don't go after these big changes, Lord. We just build and build and build and build. So we thank you for that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me go ahead and stand for the blessing. We were praying before uh, with the band and everything, and uh, I prayed a specific prayer that uh, wouldn't it be cool if you could look back on this day when you filled out that card with that thing and said, yeah, that was the day I started that habit and I've never looked back. You look back when you, three years, four years, five years, and you're talking to your current self and you're like, yeah, it's a good decision. So that is my prayer for you in this week. So now, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray that you would go in his peace, in his strength, and his courage. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Sunday.